Tuesday Tips with San Diego. Hey guys, Jake Finlayson here. And Kiara Finlayson. And this week we are here to talk about second chance brewing. Mm. But there has been a lot going on this week as far as the world of COVID-19 here in San Diego County. Um, I mean, we've been pretty good about staying in front of the curve and, and flattening it. But this week they announced that breweries and wineries were going back to the portion of phase two where food purchase would be required if you wanted to enjoy an alcoholic beverage. Uh, over at Orfila, we were fortunate that we have an outdoor space, and they actually said that if you have an outside space, you can continue just to follow the social distancing protocol as long as you're like sanitizing and stuff without the food purchase. So definitely check any social media or call your favorite brewery or winery to find out how you can support before heading over. Because a lot of them, even if they can't stay open, are still doing to-go beer. Yeah, I honestly think it might be just a preventative measure for the 4th of July uh, holiday weekend. Because, um, you know, this year, 4th of July ends up on a hol- or like a weekend, so yeah. everyone has the day off it's probably regardless. A and, you know, everyone wants to go and do something to celebrate, you know, this country's birth. So <laughs> happy quarantine birthday. Yeah, ha- yeah happy quarantine <laughs> birthday. Um, but I, I just think it's a preventative measure just to limit the amount of people out and about who can potentially get it. And, if, you know, just to keep our hospitals away from being overrun with people who have COVID. Which is smart. They probably should have closed the beaches too. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Other news, like we said, happy quarantine birthday, America. And this is actually Aaron, my husband's favorite holiday, because he loves to grill and be by the pool. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> this is my first Fourth uh, of July back in San Diego for yes. quite some time. Definitely so this is exciting. Be fun, like extremely, extremely fun. <laughs> yeah, you never get to be a part of it. No, never. <laughs> um, but I guess we should go back on track and talk about second chance. So they have a really cool motto. Um, it's see, sip, and enjoy. And they say that every set, every day is a second chance. So go out there and seize yours. They have a really simple approach there at Second Chance Beer. And it's just that they make beer that they want to drink. And it works because it has won them several awards since they opened in 2015. Um, and clearly they're beers that everyone wants to drink, not just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked about them before. It's definitely one of our favorite places. Um, they also want to remind you to build the world you want and to strive for greatness and forge your own path. Uh, they definitely live by that as well. Uh, I was pretty stoked when I went in there because their front window was painted with a lot of icons um, representing Pride Month, which actually just ended, mm-hmm. um, as well as a portrait that had the words, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. I love that they're standing up for what they believe in, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that location that I went to was the one that we typically frequent, uh, which is the one in Carmel Mountain. And they also have a beer lounge in North Park, and I'm pretty sure that their window has the same paintings right now. Which is so cool. Super cool. Um, They do all their brewing at the flagship Carmel Mountain location. They have a 30-barrel brew house, and all production is done on-site by brewmaster Marty Mangiola and his brew team. Yeah, this place is so cool, and, you know, if you get a chance in the near future, you guys should definitely go out and visit, um, especially the one in Carmel Mountain. You know, it's spacious, like, no one was around each other. Like, I saw the photos that you took. Like, yeah. it was pretty spread out. You know, it's in a big warehouse. And I think that's important, especially now, to enjoy right. stuff on site. Like, you should, like, places like that should be able to 
you know, have people on site without food. To oh, be totally. honest, like that, yeah. it's a massive warehouse, and they can get by without, you know. Well, and they're doing a really good job around. of enforcing the social distancing yeah. and limiting contact as well. Yeah. So I think I think they're doing a great job. So also, these guys hold, you know, my favorite night of the week trivia night um, <laughs> pre-COVID. Yes. And we've actually we've placed in one of them. I don't think we've won. There's so many teams that go though. Yeah. What what's our team name? It's been so long since we've gone that I forgot our team name. It's like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Beer. Yep, there it is. <laughs> nice. Or I thought this was speed dating. Yeah, I thought this was speed dating. Was a good <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, they have really good beer there. They always have good small batch brews on there. Um, again, Uncle Jake's Milkshake IPA was, all, <laughs> was on there for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, and you know most of the beers that we hit up. This weekend, or Kiara hit up this weekend, we're all um, small batch. Yeah, you were there in spirit. I was there in spirit. We did a little differently this week, you guys. We'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, but also, they're one of the host locations of the San Diego Loyal fan group, The Locals. Yeah, they d- they did their TIFO there before the home opener. Super cool. Which was cool. I got to see it on my way out to the field, or onto the field. It was. Yeah, that's awesome. It was one of the coolest moments in my life, I think. Um, not, I think just definitively, (laughs) um, it was, it was awesome. It was surreal. And then, you know, that TIFO was literally made, you know, less than two miles from my house is also like really, really cool. It just puts everything into perspective. Definitely. You know, I'm playing for my hometown. It's awesome. Which is awesome. Just a really cool experience. Super cool. And a random fun fact, um, my 10 year high school reunion was actually there. Uh, one of their owners went to the same high school that I did. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Cathedral alumni. <laughs> Good old private schools. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, also cool stuff about um, this place. Shout out to their Tabula Rasa Porter, which everyone needs to have. It's amazing. Uh, it won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Fest in 2019 for the Robust Porter um, section. Yes, um, that's awesome. And it's a massive, it's like that's huge, a big deal. huge deal. Definitely. Everyone, everyone goes to Great American Beer Fest. Oh, yeah. So. The best of the best. Exactly. Um. So this week, I am enjoying their Mulligan Amber Ale from the variety pack they have at Costco, actually. And Jake got to enjoy the smell of it. I got to enjoy the smell of it. I also get to enjoy it on Saturday, right. hopefully. And then... I also get to enjoy, or I got to enjoy some of it last weekend. Too. Yeah, because full disclosure, it's Thursday for us, you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unfortunate. And Jake has a game tomorrow. Yeah, I have a game tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I really like this one. I always love a good, easy-drinking amber, and this one's really smooth. It's an Irish-style red, um, some nice caramel malts. Fantastic. Yeah, so the Mulligan, an amber ale with 26 IBUs and 5.6% alcohol percentage. Um, they say about their beer, whether it's on the golf course, hiking in the mountains, or relaxing with friends, Mulligan is perfect anywhere. Enjoy this amber ale with its smooth caramel malts and balanced finish. If you're anything like us, you'll want to take another. Definitely. The cool thing about these cans, they also have what you're supposed to be tasting and what you, what you can potentially pair it with. So they say that it 
The taste should be smooth caramel malts, balanced and mild, easy drinking. And pair this with shepherd's pie, French onion soup, goat cheese, roasted meats, and cream brulee. Mmm, that sounds delicious. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I could go I, for a shepherd's pie right now. Yeah, like I said last week, I love when uh, companies do this. They give more educational pieces on their cans because it allows an enhanced uh, experience. It really does. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So the way we did it differently this week, um, usually we have the beers and then discuss them. Um, but this week I actually went to Second Chance and did um, a flight, for lack of better words, of the four of four different beers. Yeah. So basically Jake chose two and I chose two, even though Jake couldn't go because he's back in quarantine. Um, but I did like to rub it in his face that I was enjoying myself. I mean, some of these... We're in cans, so I was able to have them before we went. So true. true to that. And then I think there's just one that I couldn't have, which was the pitted. Oh yeah. Weed ale. But so, all the other ones I've had or um that yeah, I've had in the past or I recently tried last Saturday. Right. Which is cool. Definitely. So we're we will start with one of Jake's choices. Uh it's the Lady Liberty Hazy IPA. Um, Lady Liberty Hazy IPA is a 6.9%, um, and it uses Citra, Cryo Idaho 7, Cryo Cascade, and HBC 472. Ooh, fancy. These are so fancy. <laughs> this one I totally liked. It had like a pine resin and kind of an, like an astringent finish. Um, Fruit-wise, I kind of got like a just underripe grapefruit with like a green peppercorn kind of like perfume to it. Um, I know you're excited to break down the hops on this one, so I'm going to hand it back to you now. Yeah, um, this is the first time I've ever heard of cryo. I mean, I've done cryotherapy before when I was in, uh, in Ohio. I actually went to the same spot that LeBron went when he was with the Cavaliers. <laughs> so, cool. yeah, um, if you've ever been into cryotherapy, it's literally like negative 375 degrees and you're in there for like a full minute and a half. Yeah. Just freezing. <laughs> Um, and it's the same process. So the hops, the hop cones are frozen with liquid nitrogen. Uh, then the lupulin glands are separated from the now nearly completely debittered leaf or low alpha bract, all science, uh, all scientific terms. There. Right. <laughs> uh, the glands that make up cryo hops are the concentrated bittering and oil containing portions of the hops. They are extremely high alpha acid, but using them just for bittering is kind of a waste. So they don't do that. The real yeah. beauty of these is the intense aroma and flavor they bring to the beer. Uh, without the vegetative material that traditional hop cones and pellets uh, contain. So the cryo hops sucks up less of your precious beer and doesn't give you the stringency you can get from traditional cone or pellet hops. So this is perfect for hazies and New England IPAs uh, because of the heavy load of late hops in the style. Uh, many people find hazy to be astringent. Uh, the cryo hops eliminates this issue because um, they also don't filter. That's funny because I totally thought this kind of was astringent. Yeah. I mean, yes. But, I mean, for this beer, yes. Typically. Or typically, like, got it. it reduces the astringency. Got it. Um, well, there's also, also two non-cryo hops. So. That and they also didn't tell you which ones they dry hopped or which ones they used during True. the actual... 
um, production of the wart. True. To create the wart. Very true. So, um, cryo, cryo 7 presents pungent tropical fruit and citrus flavors. So think apricot, orange, red grapefruit, and papaya with big notes of resiny pine and hints of black tea. So mm, you're pretty... I was pretty on, on the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one, Cryo Cascade. Cascade hops without the plant material that can decrease yields and contribute astringency and vegetal characteristics. Uh, floral um, is another hop... Uh, aroma and note that you get from this. You also get some citrus and slight notes of grapefruit. Uh, it's a dual purpose hop. Cascade is most often used as an aroma hop, but also has a use on the bittering side of the brew. If oh, you nice. Um, I think that you told me a funny, like a fun story about Cascade last time we talked. Yeah, so I was I was reading um, one of these books and I looked into some of the hops that were made in some of the famous beers. Um, in early, um, in the early U.S. craft brew mm-hmm. um, stage, so it actually turns out Cascade was a little too strong for the light beer um, Coors was making at the time. Um, this was in the seventies or sixties and seventies, and they cut back on its use. But by the time the winds of change were stirring, America's first craft brewers were about to take their first tentative steps toward brewery revolution which is nice. cool. Um, interesting, we're talking about revolution. You, you see what right? I did there? You see what, I like see what I did there? Um, Fritz Maytag, the owner of Anchor Steam, which we've recently had for the very first time, the California yes. Common, uh, noticed the new hop. He decided it was a perfect match for a beer that would celebrate the bicentennial of Paul Revere's ride. He called it Liberty Ale. Huh. You see where Lady Liberty Yeah, I was just going to say, is that where Lady Liberty came uh-huh. from? Uh, I don't I don't know for it might these be. guys. Um, I don't know if Second Chance you know, put two and two together, but that would be funny if they did. Um, be awesome. It would become what is considered the first post-prohibition IPA and the first single-hopped American ale. And the doors for Cascade Hops were opened. Also, this hop is heavily featured in Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. Oh, which nice. Which we've had a lot, a lot of times. Um, the next one, HBC 472, sounds very... It, it sounds like a Lilo and Stitch... Uh, it totally does. ...like character. So, the hops were bred and developed through the hop breeding company, the HBC, in the Yakima Valley, up in you know Seattle... Or, not Seattle, but up in Washington, Idaho area. Uh, so yeah, in the Yakima Valley and is the result of the open pollination of a wild American hop known as the subspecies Neo-Mexicanus. The uniqueness of the flavor characteristics HBC 472 gives the beer has generated a great deal of interest in the cultivar among brewers. The special hop is truly one of a kind with considerable potential. So it's, it hasn't been named yet, probably won't be named until, um, a lot more people show interest into right. the hop. Uh, the aroma of the HBC 472 hop cones consists of floral, woody, earthy, and coconut. In uh, beer, this hop delivers a surprising fruit fruity note along with a distinctive 472 coconut woody character. Um, when hopped aggressively in IPA style beers, citrus and grapefruit aromas rule, which you nice. got. Definitely. Definitely. I also heard that this uh, hop is 
it can be uh, heavily used in barrel aged beers oh, to really? get like a coconut. Um, oh, that makes sense. Coconut feeling to it. Because if you're using American oak, that's going to be mm-hmm. coconut. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, unfortunately, this is one that I didn't get to try. Um, just from her pictures, I think it's one that I would definitely wanted to drink. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Definitely smooth. Yeah, definitely. Um, next was my one of my choices. So my first choice was also a hazy IPA, uh, but this was their fluffy tangerine clouds. Um, and this one gave me more specifically like mandarin notes. I know that I'm getting nerdy again, uh, but the difference in my opinion that I associate between Mandarin and just like regular tangerine is more of like a depth of flavor. It's a little more of a complex smell as far as like the tangerine smell is concerned. I also got some like phenolic and perizinic notes that were like white pepper and almost like a little stemmy, which was nice. Um, the finish felt, it reminded me kind of like an orange Gatorade minus the sugar because it was like zesty but fruity if that makes sense that's what i said last saturday i was like i'm getting strange sunny d vibes right from this. <laughs> totally <laughs> so yeah no that was it uh this one's been on the menu since january um i remember wanting to try this before the preseason started but uh it definitely one of those last times of trivia i was like oh, maybe i shouldn't maybe i should get one of the porters and stuff instead yeah because uh, i was still in that phase stout porter ipas only well and they had my favorite the gingerbread brown yeah that too i re- actually you know what i think we shared I love one. that one i think we did yeah because we we're like well i don't want a full one so let's share like let's get two yeah whatever and that's fine um yeah like i said i definitely got citra hops out of this i believe i believe that's what they used i'm not gonna but you definitely get citra with tangerine i think it's just a good pair yeah totally uh so then the next one was my choice again and i actually chose the altogether double dry hopped west coast pale ale so this one's pretty cool i've been wanting to try one of the altogethers um, which is basically an open-ended worldwide collaboration um so a brewery in based out of Brooklyn, New York, and Rochester, New York, called Other Half Brewing, started this. And so it was basically a collaboration that was created to raise support for the industry. Uh, It's an effort to raise awareness and provide relief to those who are struggling. So what they did was they made a recipe that's open source, and the artwork was public so that everyone could use the same artwork. And the goal was to provide brewers throughout the world with the tools to make it at the lowest possible cost. Um... The goal was to help highlight that there is a link that binds everyone in the hospitality industry together and that we are all in this together. And in this industry, when one of us struggles, the rest of us are there to pick them up. It's just who we are. And that's why I chose this beer. I know there's a lot going on in the world beyond COVID at this point, but COVID has been an extremely hard time for so many people in the service industry. And as requested um, by the amazing people at Other Half, Um, A portion of the proceeds are going to support local hospitality professionals. So that's why they wanted to make it at such a low cost so that they could give some of that money. Yeah, which Which is is pretty cool. Yeah. So since their, you know, brewing stuff is online, like all the notes and everything, like if you are a home brewer like me, I could make this. Yeah, that's Because they have all the ingredients and everything online. Um, So the grain bill is two row... uh, Two-row flaked oats and 
uh, Breeze Carapils. And then the hops that they use are Columbus, Mosaic, and Cascade. And this is dry hopped with Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic. They actually... No um, wonder I like this one so much. They actually make a hazy version as well. So there's oh, also a hazy... Altogether. Um, altogether. That's that pretty you could cool. Have. But I think they have a bunch of hazies on their um, on their menu already that they're just like, you know, maybe yeah. should put <laughs> pale ale on there. I mean, I liked it. Which is smart. I'm... Because of our podcast, starting to realize that I actually can enjoy a pale ale. I, I always stayed clear of them before, but I feel like the more I have them, the more I'm actually enjoying what, what breweries are doing with them. Same. I mean, obviously, Sierra Nevada is a classic, like absolute classic. Yeah. Um, but West Coast pale ales, I think I'm getting more into as well, is because they're hoppier and they're more bitter. I mean, I don't. I didn't get a chance to see what the IBU value of this was. Um, but I'm going to guess it's up there a little bit. But I think I have a picture of it. Let me see. Did you? All right. Um, and this is one that I got to enjoy, actually, on Saturday. So Yes, Saturday. I have it can. They have four packs. So I thought it was clean, crisp, and exactly what a West Coast Pale Ale is supposed to be. I think um, they may have even used Cascade Hops. And that was before I looked into the altogether thing. So uh, I was right. So the IBU was 58. Ah, 58. So yeah, and that fits in. Yeah, the IBU for the Lady Liberty was only 22. Yeah. Yeah, so the Lady Liberty wasn't bitter No, it wasn't. All. Yeah. But you said you got astringency out of that, which is I interesting, did. too. Yeah. I think it was because of that stemmy kind of flavor I was mm -hmm. getting. And you probably got that from the just just because of what it is, like a, mm -hmm. a hazy type yeah. thing. Um, and I also got some floral notes from this. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I really like this one and can definitely see myself coming back to this too. Same. So then we had Jake's second choice, which, which was the So Pitted, <laughs> they spelled it with like three O's, Love that. Uh, Apricot Wheat Ale. And holy apricot on this one. I was, like, writing notes down as I was drinking them and it was sitting next to me on the table and I could literally smell the apricot from there um and then when I tasted it it was still super juicy but it was still light and refreshing it wasn't like heavy and the apricot was strong but texturized and even flavor wise you could totally sense the wheat mm -hmm. yeah I chose this one because we had an apricot slash plum cut yeah um, drink a couple of weeks ago from Steve and Nail and I was like okay well you know Kiara Kiara might like if we do a compare contrast here. yeah and so she did, and she said this one was pretty good. Definitely not plum pot. Yeah, definitely not plum pot. <laughs> but it was really good. I actually was surprised. I haven't had very many wheat ales, so I wasn't surprised. I mm -hmm. just, it was new to me. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah, so that was the end of our discussion this week. And yes. I think, um, actually, you know what? We have one new thing we're going to talk about. San Diego history. Oh, yeah. So this week in San Diego history and our new... Um, yes. And our new... New segment. Segment that we're going to have. Uh, this week on June 29th, 1979, the San Diego chicken was reborn <laughs> at Jack Murphy Stadium. The famous chicken. I just know that San Diego called us the Q. I just keep calling it Qualcomm, even though yeah. it's like SDCCCCCC or whatever it is. And then, oh, well, yeah. now it's... I don't even know what its name now is. 
It was like SDCCCC oh, or whatever, yes. but now it's I'm pretty sure it's only Aztec. Seasons. Aztec, uh, the San Diego That's Aztec bought it for like eighty-five mil or something like that. That's right. So it's probably more than likely it's gonna not more than likely like a hundred percent. It's gonna get torn down. But in the times of the chicken, it was Jack Murphy. Jack Murphy. Dude, I, I remember going down there to watch baseball games all the time before Petco. That place was awesome with the palm trees in the back. Yeah. You do you you remember that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and then like watching Trevor Hoffman come oh out. Oh my god, of the that's always my favorite memory. I get like chills thinking about it. Every time I hear Hell's Bells, oh my just god. straight to it. But yeah, the San Diego Chicken is just an absolute classic. He's character. an icon. He's it's like gritty. Or to the Philly. Philly fanatic. Or the so, fanatic. Yeah, he's just an absolute <laughs> character. Um, just does whatever he wants. Probably, <laughs> hey, I'm almost positive he's gotten into a lot of trouble several times. Probably. Yeah. Um, so that was our segment. Yes. And you can expect more stuff about San Diego history San and Diego, yeah. beer history when uh, as they arise. Episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what are we doing for our next episode? So I think it's about time we talk about Ashland Seltzer, personally. Yeah, I think I've had every single one that they've come out with. And it's like, I feel like around here it's like a cult favorite, too. Like, I feel like when they released the new flavors, it took us like two weeks to find them because they kept selling out right away, which is awesome because it's all local. And but, seltzers are huge right now. But not awesome because we didn't get a try. Well, exactly. It took forever. Yeah. The seltzers and all the lighter stuff is like a new huge phenomenon with White Claw and Trulies and oh, all yeah. that stuff. So um, we get our own little craft one here close to home with it's Ashland, so which is delicious. Awesome. So delicious. It is. Definitely is. Yeah. So. It's definitely my go-to because I feel like when I drink too much beer, I just... You're bloated like me. I get, yeah. blo- I get super bloated and it sucks. And so the seltzers definitely help. And we actually like found them by accident. Because we were, like, trying to avoid carbs, and I was like, I don't want White Claw. <laughs> and then Aaron brought home the Ashlands, and I was like, these are so, so good. These are awesome. <laughs> these are so cool. <laughs> exactly. So, we will highlight Ashland Seltzers next week. Perfect. Pick up a mix pack if you can, and enjoy with us. All right, guys. Stay tipsy. All right, stay tipsy. And have a safe holiday weekend.